When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McCraw, and this is a new episode of I've Got a Secret. Today's episode is something relevant to absolutely everyone. Talking about finances is one of the most taboo topics out there, and it can become even more complicated when you throw in a family dynamic. I'm here with the brilliant Haley Sachs, financial influencer under the name of Mrs. Dow Jones. Haley gives the most transparent and approachable advice about financial health. So I thought she would be a fantastic guest to tackle this nuanced topic. We're going to talk about the financial dynamic between spouses, estate transparency among parents and children, and we'll even touch on how parents can empower their children to become financially savvy. This is The Secret to Finances and Family. Thank you so much, Haley, for being here today. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I I mean, I feel like I've known you forever. I truly adore your show oh. and just admire so much what you're doing. And I'm excited to chat with your audience because oh, I love so secrets much. too. <laughs> <laughs> I love secrets that we can share with yes. everyone. It's, it's kind of like, can I keep a secret? No. It's I like can't. A, I, I can't. I have no. to share with everyone Me everything too. that's important for everyone to hear. Mm-hmm. Now, if I have a secret from friends that say, don't share this, of course I won't. Mm-hmm. But you have a lot of secrets that I know are important for everyone to hear. I actually feel like it is fate for me to be here because we have a segment on Mrs. Dow Jones about financial secrets. Oh, I and love it. I yeah, I should read some of them to you because they are wild. Oh. Like women who are selling their underwear, secret no. Bitcoin millionaires. Someone told me that they don't have a job, but everyone in their family knows that thinks that they have a job, but they're fully financially independent and just like don't have to work, but pretend like they have a job. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of juicy stuff. So that'll be episode two. Yes, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Yes. Oh, that's so funny. And I want to tell all of the listeners out there that I am super excited because you're here in person. This is not virtual. I know. I was so pumped when I knew that my trip was going to be here because I was like, we have to do this IRL. So much better. I love it. I I love it. And when you just said, I feel like we've known each other forever. (laughs) We truly just met, but- at one point, I said, okay, let's quit visiting and get this podcast going because I love you. We've yeah, had so much too. fun already. I know. I know. Real recognize real, girl. Yes. Um, and, you know, the, I'm so excited to dig into this. So hit me with all your questions. Okay. Let's get it out Great. there. Yes. Okay. Number one, can you tell us how you got started with your page, Mrs. Dow Jones? Because I love the name. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Well, so... You know, I feel like there's this idea of uh, like financial gurus that we are the kids who had lemonade stands and then we're like hustling the money and investing it. And like you're like that 10 year old NFT billionaire. But for me, that was not the case at all. I struggled with money and was fully financially illiterate and scared and not confident and avoidant, um, which I think puts me in a powerful position now because I'm really able to relate to my audience who maybe is coming from a place of not having started and I can be that bridge for them, which is a role I take really seriously. I love it. I love it because you just admitted to all of that, but obviously you're very smart. You're smart enough to know, okay, I need to learn what it takes to be financially stable. Well, I always say that, and I don't think I realized this when I was not in a good place with my money, but now that I am in one, and I'm so much happier and I feel so much more whole and settled that like financial wellness, physical wellness and emotional wellness, you have to have all three or you're just not in balance. 
And so many people live with financial secrets, with financial insecurity. Um, and it's just a really stressful way to go about life. And it doesn't have to be like that. Oh, wow, you're so right. Because you can be you're at your healthiest. Mm-hmm. You can have a great life. But when you are not financially yeah. stable, you, it's almost like you have that hanging over your head all the time. Yep, yep. You can't <sighs> fully enjoy. You could be looking amazing. Mm-hmm. You could be like killing it, whatever. But yeah, you're just, you're dreading that like a bill collector is yes. going to come find yes. you. Or, and it happens every month. Every You can't month. run from it. You can't run from it. And you know, I'm sure you see this a lot with the work that you do, but often when you are hiding from something, then you find ways to you know, take it out on other. And so people will emotionally spend because they're anxious about their debt, because they're feeling insecure. And uh, so it's this vicious cycle um, and doesn't really have to be that way at all. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm so And I always say, if here. I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. Like that's important to, yeah. to know. So as we've been saying, money is seen as a taboo topic. And I know that there are so many families that don't discuss financials mm-hmm. with their children or even with their partners. And I, it's like they're punishing their children. They mm-hmm. think it's, oh, I'm not going to discuss money in front of the children. We're not going to discuss budgets. We're not going to discuss the bills. And they're just doing them such a disservice. Mm-hmm. So uh, how old were you when you started really learning I what taught, you needed to know? Well, I should tell everyone that, like, so the reason that I say it is, Bashir, fateful that I'm Mrs. Dow Jones, is that I have a dad who is a private wealth manager on Wall Street for over 30 years, works with, like, you know, all these clients and controls their money. Wealth management is basically financial planning. And I did not learn anything from, I love him, dad, if you're watching this, you know, like you're my friend. I love you. Like you're my guy, but like, yeah, he would admit it. Like he did not. Cause you know, sometimes you don't want to bring your work home with you. True. True. Um, and so, and even to this day, it is hard to talk to my parents about money. And I really have to push it. And so in that way, too, I have a lot of good advice about how to sort of uh, make that happen. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so growing up, what sorts of things do you wish you were taught by your parents? I wish, first of all, I feel like we push children to have such busy lives after school. Like you're always like going to sports practice and then you're doing the school play and then you have your tutor and whatever. And I wish that I had had a job or like within my home had had more chores that then would lead to some sort of cash flow. Right? Wow. I hope all of you out there listening that have children are hearing this because I'm going to be honest right now. I'm going to tell a secret. We did not give our children an allowance. Yeah. They had responsibilities, but their payoff were treats or mm-hmm. things they got to do maybe on the weekends they got to go spend the night with a friend or have a friend over but we never gave them a weekly allowance and I always wondered afterwards you know when they grew up I thought wow that was one thing we should have done so now I'm hearing it from you I I wish too and I you know it it feels Probably from, I don't have kids, but I'm, I have a dog, a mystery, a little mini poodle, (laughs) and I am totally um, obsessed with him and give him and and like, do show my love by giving him whatever Mm -hmm. he wants. He Mm -hmm. has, you know, fresh dog food. He gets dog walks, whatever, like as much as I can do to make his life better, I do. And I know that for my parents, it came from that place too. But I think that there's this idea that by like sort of hiding financial responsibility are like not uh, pushing children to have financial responsibility that you're being really nice to them uh-huh. or you're, uh-huh. you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're, you're giving them some sort of gift and really it's not, it's a disservice. So beyond just financial education, what kind of information do you think parents need to be transparent with? their children about? Well, I mean, I'm doing this with my parents now, which is like just trying to understand what is up with their estate. And Robin, I got to tell you, like, if that's the secret on this podcast, it's that it is hard to find out from your parents, for some parents, what is up with their finances. Um, And, but I've been really consistently pushing to 
uncover that because I know from friends who've had parents pass away that, you know, you're already dealing with so much grief. And if you have also to deal with the mystery of their finances and, oh, I'm uncovering debt and I have to pay for this and they, you know, all of these secrets, it imagine emotionally what you're going through. It's horrible. You don't want to spend the year after your parents like pass away dealing with like cleaning up their mess. So true. So it's very important that parents be very, as you say, transparent, very open with their adult children. I think so. I have a a mentor um, named Joanne and she has two children and Joanne is very successful, self-made and really financially literate and empowered. Um, And she sat down with her girls and said, okay, like, I'm going to email you my do not resuscitate. Um, Here is how much money you will get when I pass away. Here is the name of the lawyer. Like, so they're fully set up. And I was with Joanne and she told me all of this and I was so jealous. Robin, immediately I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to go and figure out how to get this for myself with my parents because like that's the way to do it. And oddly enough, her kids are the ones who are a little bit taken aback by her transparency and maybe uncomfortable, which makes me feel like maybe there's always aside that's uncomfortable like in my relationship with my parents they are a little uncomfortable the, well, can you know? i ask you how old they are her oh they're like are. in their 20s like 24 26 like early 20s I see that's not too young to be sharing that kind of no 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 it's not like she's telling a 12 year old like exactly. these are mature girls who are independent and yes oh. she's like fully trying to give them, I think, what she would have wanted. Yes. And they're not down. I think that's just another example that it's a good idea to start sharing financial information with your family, with your children at a at a young age, not too young, but certain things. I think this is a great idea. I think I'm so glad we're talking about this. So what do you do if the parents have different comfort styles. One parent wants to be communicative communicative, and one parent is against sharing information. Well, I think that it's really important to um, explain why and also to come with your own financial literacy. Like it's sort of the same as if you're negotiating a salary. Like we, I talk a lot on Mrs. Dow Jones about negotiation because obviously there's a wage gap. And I really believe that in order to close the wage gap, it starts with the individual person, um, the individual woman. And so I try to communicate as much about negotiating as possible. But it's the same thing. Whereas if you're going to go into negotiation, you need to know what you're asking for. You need to know why you're asking for it. Um, And you have to practice. And I think that's really important. And I think that if two parents are on different pages, well, go to the parent who's more open. Yes. That's what I do. My mom is more open. And she tells me stuff that my dad probably doesn't know that I know, but I don't care because the point is that I know it. Yeah. You know? Yes. Now, can I ask you, are you an only child? No, I have two sisters. Oh, really? Yeah. So do you share this information with your sisters? Are your sisters on the same page as you? Is this a a collective uh, agreement between your sisters that you all know this? Well, so it's interesting with siblings because a lot of parents, I think, avoid talking about finances because they don't want to start conflict with between their children. Uh But you're gonna, it all, everything catches up to you in life at a certain point. So it's either you're going to deal with it now in like as diplomatic of a manner as possible, or you're going to have to deal with it later. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe lawyers get involved and it's messy and your relationships get soiled and it's just a whole thing. So for me with my siblings, I mean, I'm a financial planner. So, Uh and my, one of my older sister is a, is a surgeon. And so I sort of look at it as like, 
uh, we both have our lanes. Like uh-huh. I want her to cover the medical part of things and I'm here for the financial and I am as communicative and open as possible with them and I'm not greedy at all. Yeah, right. And I just want to help support them and their financial literacy through this. That's wonderful. Yeah. So it's a good idea to just all get together and just decide, okay, yeah. I'm going to handle this. You handle medical yeah, issues. What's your I'm going to handle financial yeah. issues. We'll all be open with each mm-hmm. other. I'll answer any questions you have. But if like you my, have them, but I know other parents who like the siblings don't get along, and they have. You know, it's important for like like um, for the parents to be really proactive. Like even if you. Uh, you know, the situation I'm thinking about was a situation in which the children were going to inherit wealth. And so what the parents did is, and there there was art, there was an art collection and the parents uh, split up the art into different lots and they were all appraised. So each of the lots was the same value. And then I think like the kids just like drew straws or something. And then, you know, cause it wasn't like, I want that, Yes. you know, let me grab grandma's China and like put, yeah. you know, it wasn't greedy. It was so fair. And then if they wanted to, you know, trade or whatever, they totally could. Um, But I think that it's even more important in situations where there is debt, um, which is, you know, obviously the majority of Americans are in that situation to know about it because, uh, you know, it really falls onto the kids Uh and to, you know, know what do they have a life insurance policy? What are their wishes? Like these are not easy topics, but they actually get a lot easier the more that you talk about them. Yes, you know? I agree. I think it is much more important. It's a much more important topic when uh, we're talking about debt instead of an abundance of wealth. Yeah, of course. Abundance is obviously way yes. uh, is easier, yes. but you know, the greed or the fear, mm-hmm. it exists in both situations. Like I could see siblings, you know, putting it off, giving it to someone else, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I also understand parents that don't want to have to tell their children, yeah. we're in debt. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. and it, it But but it's I not, also though. can see the, the relief for the parents, the relief that they would feel, I would think, that they can tell at least one child, if not all of them, okay, here's what you may have to deal with. We're working hard, whatever, to relieve you of it. But here's what you may have to deal with. We want to prepare you. I just, I feel like, yes, it's some pressure for the children, but also a relief for the parents to be able to share that with the children, sadly. But I do think it's worth it because I think children need to know this is what I may have in my future. A hundred percent. And, you know, if communication feels really intimidating, I think that what Joanne did, which was sort of creating like a digital folder of all of these assets that needed to be shown to her children would work too. Like that's obviously not my first choice for Uh people. I would love for Mm -hmm. everyone to be financially communicative, but Mm -hmm. if that feels over your head, you really don't want to do it, at least promise Robin and I that you will at least put together something so yeah. that you're not just leaving everything unorganized and without yeah. any structure. That was my next question. Like, how could parents create a resource for their children without really having to talk face to face? But so that's that's a great way to yeah. do it. Like, if they just don't feel comfortable sitting down mm-hmm. and sharing with their children face to face something that is going to make them uncomfortable, at least create a digital file mm-hmm. or even a handwritten file yeah. and keep it updated. Yep. A hundred percent. And make sure that you have a will. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you, you know, even if you feel like, oh, I don't need a will. I don't, I don't have anything. Things like that. Like, um, those are self-limiting beliefs that are ultimately going to drive future conflict. So take responsibility is the main thing here, yeah. even if it's hard. Um, and there's a lot of ways to push through that fear. I like to think about it as a money muscle, because if you think about it, the first time that you go to like the gym or something, try to do a push up, it's really hard. Yeah. And it's the same thing with people with money, talking about money, taking care of their finances, things like this. It's hard. We've never done it before. We don't, yes. we're not taught this. 
But if you practice it little by little, then you will get stronger and you will be able to, you know, have an impact on yourself and on your family. That's pretty positive. Yes, I totally agree. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. We do two things in this podcast. The first thing is drink of the day. Ooh, I love. So we create a drink that applies to our topic. Oh my God, I love it. And we name this drink Rolling in the Dough. Stop it. (laughs) We all want to roll in the dough. So I created a dessert cocktail inspired by a glazed donut. Oh my gosh. So, but this one. Robin, you are crazy for this one. Look how cute this is. This is the cutest thing. Isn't this the cutest? Oh, my gosh. Okay, listeners, we really read it. I know you can't see it right now, but you can go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com, and you can see a photo of this drink, and it really, really is cute. But it has, (laughs) I'm going to warn you, it has two ounces of vanilla vodka, one half ounce of creme de cacao. One half ounce of simple syrup, three Ooh. ounces of half and half. Oh my gosh. And I'm actually using Silk's dairy free half and half made out of oat milk and coconut milk. It has a just a cap of vanilla extract, sprinkles for garnish. Oh you put all the ingredients into a shaker with ice. Shake until super frosty and strain into a martini glass. Finish with sprinkles and even a couple of mini donuts like ours. They're so cute. So cheers. (laughs) Cheers, Robin. (laughs) And we suggest making this before you're going to talk to your kids about money. That's true. That actually would be so Or then down it if they don't want to talk about it. This is divine. How cute is this? Mm. Oh, my gosh. That's really good. That's so good. It's really like dessert. It's really good. So let's talk about couples. Yes. Is it possible to have true financial independence when you're in a long-term relationship or married? I mean, I could answer that. I've been married 45 years, but you tell me the answer. Basically, there's three ways couples can manage their finances. You can have a joint account um, or you can have separate accounts or you can sort of have a mix. Um And I think it really is personal to what works for you, but I think it's really important to note, and Robin touched on this, but never abdicating your power financially is really important. Even if you're not the earner in the household, um, I think it's important for couples to be really clear that no matter who is making more money, that conversations and decisions are equal because money is power and in relationships it can drive the power dynamics and for women especially can make them feel uh controlled it can make them feel trapped um, manipulated scared fearful all of these emotions that you know we don't want you to feel that's true Mm -hmm. that's true because I, for the longest I worked, and then when I started having children, I was a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And in his theory, he would always say to me, he goes, you know, I make the living, but you make the living worthwhile. I love that. And that's honestly the hardest job in the world. And so I, I thought know, it was very true. <laughs> it is true. I love that. Um, and so, but I think also what's important to note with women is that we statistically live longer than men. Mm -hmm. Um, Statistically, we make less than them. We also work for less time because we take time off to care for children, to care for aging family members. Um, And so it's this idea of that. And it's the same thing that we were talking about with estate planning. Everything catches up with you at a certain point. So even if you are, you know, completely taken care of, you feel like your partner is just in control of that, you can go around and do your thing, whatever, it will eventually catch up with you. So it's really important to uh, make sure that you are communicating about your finances and that you know what's going on. And like things like putting your uh, name on the lease, 
really important. Things like making sure you have a credit card. Imagine if you have to leave your relationship, you have no credit. Credit is what allows us to rent homes. It allow, allows us to lease cars. It's like, it's basically your financial GPA. So, you know, and I talk a lot about prenups and I think about prenups really as marriage insurance. Um, and you just want to make sure that you have your own back just in case anything happens. And I think there's this idea with talking about money and relationships that if you talk about money and relationships and like want to have your own money and want to be independent in any way, then it means that like you don't believe in the relationship. Like people get so emotional and weird about it, Robin. They think like, oh my God, like if I did that, then they would probably think like, I don't want to be with them. And like that I'm, I'm thinking about like leaving or and that's not what it is. It's actually just the right thing to do, the smart thing to do, the thing that is uh, self-sufficient and says, hey, I have my own back. I totally agree. When you've been married for years or even decades, how could someone start inserting themselves in the finances when they haven't in the past? I was thinking about this question a lot. I love it. Mm -hmm. And um, because like, if that is, if you're the, if you're listening to this and that's you, like amazing. I want to empower you to have that conversation and to, to it's never too late. Um, I think it's really important, first of all, like going back to what we were talking about with negotiating to know what are you asking? Um, why are you asking it? And also to practice. Mm -hmm. I think those are three things. And, you know, there's a lot of, um, fodder around connecting the communication to life events mm -hmm. when you want to bring it up. So, okay, it's tax season. Oh, um, you know, like has our filing status changed? You know, like little things like that, uh, using them as openings is great. But I, I personally believe life is so uncertain that why wait for a moment like that to talk about this? Let's talk about it today. Agree. Um, and a good way in, I think, is really to first self-educate so that you come to the table with knowing what the table is mm -hmm. a little bit. I agree. And understanding the statistics as well. Um, because I feel like so much of communication just with humans in general is about like, what tone are you bringing? Oh, I'm so happy you said that because I was just sitting here thinking that when you said self-educate, I mm -hmm. love that because that is so important. Mm -hmm. Go into the conversation very educated with what you want mm -hmm. going forward mm -hmm. and why you want it. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it's almost like you own the conversation yeah. and you're not going to end it until you really get what you want. Things change. And it's not because you're going to take something mm -mm. from your partner. Mm -mm. You're just going to obtain something for yourself yes. that's rightfully yours. Yes. You're saying, hey, listen to I Got a Secret and I you know, never really thought about this, but it's so true that like, we're getting a little older and mm -hmm. I really want to make sure that I have my bases covered. And like, uh -huh. you know, like we're partners, like, mm -hmm. and I feel like I have taken a back seat here a little bit, yeah. but I'm ready to really, you know, join mm -hmm. the team mm -hmm. here. Yeah. And I, we're a team and I just want to be a stronger player on the team. I want to be mm -hmm. more supportive of this team. Yeah. I want to be a stronger player. I want to change my position on the team. And you have no idea how many women I hear from who have, uh, you know, financial secrets come up, mm -hmm. you know, in divorce, mm -hmm. things like death. Like you just don't want to be in that position. That's right. And I also really, I have a question to you because you do such good work. Um, and I, as we were talking, I was thinking so much about, you know, what if the conversation goes badly? Exactly. What be if, aware. Yeah. What do be you aware do? Be aware get defensive then or refuse to answer your questions. Mm -hmm. That is a red flag. Yep. Yep. Because they've been rocking along all yep. these years, loving, yeah. loving being in control. Yeah. Let's call it control or being in charge of mm -hmm. everything. And you're not asking for something that's not rightfully mm -hmm. yours. So if they get defensive, that's a red flag. There's a bigger because issue. Because if they instead say, well, good for you. Yeah, heck yeah. Come on, let's yeah. be a team here. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. Good for you. Look at you. Yeah, I've, I've just been waiting for you to want to mm -hmm. have a bigger role. Yeah. Heck yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of answer you want. Yes. Because you are a team. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
it should have happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so you want that kind of response. Well, it's about time, of course. This half it's 50-50. But what if I say, Robin, no, I don't I don't want to show you that. Like go like no, like this is not Well, for tell you. me why, because I'm really not asking for something that's not that's already good. mine. And also, but if you're scared to even have the conversation because you're scared maybe the person's going to be violent or they're going to emotionally abuse you, then Ooh. we have resources too that we'll link below where you can get help because yes. financial abuse is abuse. Yes. yes. Don't So don't have that conversation yes. by yourself. And be aware of it. And if it's yes. happening, then it's okay. You have, you're, there's a lot of ways to get out of these situations and- you know, this could be the beginning of a brand new start for you. So don't yes. be scared. And have that conversation with a friend who yeah. will help you. Mm-hmm. If you aren't comfortable with how to ask or how to to inform, I don't even want to say ask, how to inform exactly what you want, take someone with you that does know how to help you inform. Exactly. And you could take baby steps. It doesn't have to happen right then, but... I always Start find that, conversation. that when, yeah, when people are resistant, it helps. And I don't mean resistant in the way where they're intimidating you and like me, like maybe there's a deeper issue, but just resistant. It's they're uncomfortable. You just have to push through. Yeah. Like you just got to come at it like with a calm demeanor mm-hmm. consistently and then they will eventually acquiesce and That's give right. you that. Because if you do go to the conversation uh, informed and uh, – and believe in your heart that you are asking for something you deserve, be prepared to sit there all night, all day. Sit there all day, like Saturday morning, to hey, let's have a conversation. And I I always like to say, hey, when you have time, I I need a couple, maybe an hour of your time. That's huge. Because I have something I want to discuss with you. And it's, you know, I just totally, you know, when you're free, I don't want to catch you on an off moment or whatever, just when you have about an hour, I want to discuss something that's important to me. Mm-hmm. And so Philip go, oh, okay, well, let's do it right now. Well, no, no, I think, I feel like you're, you know, you're walking down the hall. You were obviously going somewhere yeah. and it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. But so, and so he'll go, oh, okay, well, how about tomorrow? Blah, blah, blah. So always let him know. It's not like a life or death thing. It's not that big a deal, but I've just been thinking about something. Da, 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 mm-hmm. da. So as long as they know, like, this is not an ultimatum. Yeah. You're no. not in trouble. You're not exactly. You're not. I've just in trouble. been thinking about something. I've done a little research, and I want to play a bigger role mm-hmm. in knowing our finances. Mm-hmm. I want to know this and that and this and that. And it's so you know, you can get back to me. Yeah. If you go with that kind of attitude, I think it would help as well. What do you think? So I think to sum up, you've got to have the right attitude. So be calm. Don't be aggressive. Don't bring emotions into it. Be really chill. Mm-hmm. Um, set a date. So that it feels like its own entity, this meeting. Um, do your research. Know what you want to know. Know what you're asking for. Are you asking, um, you know, do you want to build credit? Do you mm-hmm. want to know what's up with the house? Are you worried, wondering about uh, estate planning? Whatever it is, debt, you know, go through it. Um and then be aware of the reaction, mm-hmm. because if the reaction is different than the one that, uh, you know, Robin was uh, mentioning and it is sort of negative, then exactly. There could be a deeper issue here, mm-hmm. um, which we're not afraid to face. Yeah. Yep. But we uh, are happy that yeah. we are noticing now. Yeah. Sooner I, rather I also later. think you could almost make an outline yeah, an of what perfect. you want to discuss. Yeah, I love not that. every detail point, but. An outline, say, here's what I kind of want to discuss. And so when you have like an hour in the next day or two. Mm -hmm. I love that. And then if he says, I've got a business trip, I'll be back in a week. Well, then we know he's not going to want to discuss it. But that was, I'm just kidding on that. But um, sometimes, I mean, you know your partner better than anyone else. But you can even kind of like hear something I've been kind of studying and reading on and listening up and you could say it's April. It's well. I don't know when this yeah. is going to come out, but yeah. it's financial. So, blame it on me. Say I started to follow, follow Mrs. Dow Jones, yes. and she like told me I should know all this stuff, and I don't, I, and so I, I don't. just like need to start. Like so blame I it on talk. Robin and me. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about this, and yeah. I kind of made a, a few notes, so mm-hmm. this will give you a little prep for for our conversation. A hundred percent, and you know you because can he always, might go oh. I said he, but he might go oh well. I I can't pull this information up right right you know just off the top of my head, and then. The conversation's over. So even giving him an outline saying, 
could you give me, you know, some of this information? Because And say that also you want to help. Yeah. Like maybe it's in a worse place than you expected and they're really embarrassed. Yes. And they, you know, love you so much and didn't want to tell you, don't want to stress you out. And now you're asking and they're scared. Like, let them know that you guys are a team. Yes. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And just, I just, again, I think it's very empowering and, Mm -hmm. and you, you don't want to be walking in the door every day wondering, can we afford these groceries I just bought? Exactly. Yeah. That's a horrible feeling. It is. Just feeling like the shoe's going to drop. We yes. don't like, we don't love that for you. I, I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. So what is the financial information that you think everyone should know about their partner? I think the biggest thing to know is, hey, even if someone in this relationship is making more money, are the decisions going to be weighed equally between us? Yeah. I think that's great. And I think that's a good question before you ever get married. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm all about the premarital. I'm actually my, I have a university. Uh, If you go to financeschool.com, we have lots of amazing courses and the one that I'm working on next is called Finances with Bay. Oh, yes. I love it. And I want it to be like something that you could give as a wedding gift <gasps> to couples because, That's right? Wonderful. Yeah. Like, because no one teaches you and there's so much to go through. And wouldn't it be great to just have a guide and to get it out of the way? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful. So I'll come back when that uh, is oh, out. You must. You must. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, Philip and I uh, were. We've been married 45 years. It'll be it's amazing. 46, you know, a couple of months, whatever. But we were have been together, oh gosh, almost 50. But we had lots of conversations before we got married, mm. lots of conversations. And, you know, how we'd raise children, how we would handle in-laws, all of those kinds of things. And And we talked about finances and that kind of thing, even though we had like not a lot of money then, finances in the future. Um so it is so important that before you get married mm-hmm. to have these kinds of conversations. So for you to do something like that, yeah. especially as a wedding gift, it's brilliant. Don't you love Oh, I'm it's so glad you brilliant. like it. Yay. Okay, I'm so excited. Because I think it's so important mm-hmm. for, for couples yep. to have that conversation. A million percent. Especially if once they get married, time. one starts to maybe decides to quit their job and stay at home and take care of children mm-hmm. or they're going to relocate and not start a job right away. All kinds of situations mm-hmm. can happen. Mm-hmm. And so it is it's so important. Like we just had a pandemic yeah. and no one saw that coming. So it's so important to have that information between the two of you. I also think um, something really important that I just want to emphasize uh, is the importance of emergency funds. Like an emergency fund is, you know, three to six months of bare minimum savings that you put in a high yield savings account. And that is your, I need to leave money. That is your, this job doesn't suit me money. That is your, oh no, I got fired money. That is your worst case. I got in a car accident. I, you know, worst case life happens, worst case scenario, um, money. And that is, I have to tell you, I have an emergency fund for my business. I have an emergency fund for my dog. I have an emergency fund for myself. And this is something that has made me feel so financially (gasps) empowered, Robin. And so I cannot emphasize enough the importance of having money put away for the worst case scenario. And you just refuse to touch it for anything else. You cannot touch it for anything else. It's in a separate bank account. And it is only there for that reason. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And you can automate your deposits and build it up over time. But it is your first financial goal is to, I always say your first financial goal is to open a high yield savings account and to just put $1,000 in it. That's your first goal. Hit that goal. Then we'll talk about your debt. Then we'll talk about fully funding it. But just get there first and we'll build from there. I love it. Mm -hmm. That That is wonderful. What sort of other resources do you provide with your business Finance is cool. Oh, it's fabulous. So go to financeiscool.com. I have uh, an amazing university. We have a best-selling course called Start Here. We have uh, literally, there's thousands of students in it. It's this huge community. And it is, I always, it's, we actually have to put it on, um, like time release because I think it's the first financial literacy course that you would want to binge. It's like, it's so fun. It's video. And there's like 
this whole financial ledger as well that I use to manage my own money. So it's the resources that I myself have created and successfully tweaked and used and, you know, tried and true, and they're able to help so many people. So that is a huge one. I think, um, you know, having someone really walk you through that. I find like the rhetoric around personal finance, um, way over most people's heads, mine too. Like the idea of financial goals in my course, I give you your financial goals. Uh I'm like, you know, enough of like, if you've never really even gone through your bank statements, how are you supposed to know what you're aiming for? Like, so, you know, the first step is just getting in that course, making it easy on yourself. I'll put, well, I'll give Robin a discount code. We can do 20% off. Oh It'll my be amazing. Gosh, we can make it a, thank you. The, we can make the code martini. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, um, and that's great. And then we have an investment course coming out, oh, wow. which is like my baby. Cause I'm all about, I mean, we didn't really talked about investing, but yeah. that is my whole, like, that's everything to me because <gasps> without investing, you cannot grow wealth, Robin. That's true. And uh, it is so underutilized as a tool. There's so much fear around it. There's so much misconception. Yes. And really, you are losing money with inflation. Inflation is such a big thing right now. We've hear, heard about it. And really, the only way to beat inflation is to have your money in the market. <sighs> um, so if you were going to suggest one thing right now to the listeners to consider investing index in- funds. Warren Buffett got rich on index funds. It's the way to go. Oh, Literally, he he created a trust for his wife and it's all in index funds. Like, you know, the, the S&P 500 is basically you get an index fund is like a little piece of a lot of companies. So I always say it's like buying an eyeshadow palette. Like, you, yes, know, you, yes. and, you know, with an eyeshadow palette, sometimes there's a bad color. Yeah. There might be some bad stocks in there, but overall you're loving the palette. It's doing you good. So I love index funds and, uh, you know, if it's good enough for Warren Buffett, good yeah. enough for us. Seriously. I yeah. love hearing that. And it's Thank easy, you. easy to There's do. There's a secret. There's Listeners. a secret. That's the secret. Oh, I and this love is not financial it. advice. I can't no. tell. You can't right, give you right. specific no. financial advice, but you know, That's index funds secret. are the best. I love it. So we do two things in this podcast and we've come to the second Thing, and that's play a game. Oh, okay. Do you like playing games? Oh, I love games. I love games. Okay. So we created a game for this podcast called Worth the Splurge. Oh, obsessed. Okay. So I'm going to read off some splurge items and we're both going to say if we think it's worth spending the extra money or not. Okay. I love this. Okay. So number one, a $250 a month gym membership that you use three times per week? I would say, well, okay, with this game, sorry, I know it's rapid fire, but I would have to know your full financial picture to understand how the 250 fits in. But I believe in value-based spending and splurging on yourself and self-care for me is like a huge uh, part of my value-based spending. So I would say go for it. I'm going to have to say go for it as well. Because listen, it's $250 a month. That's great. And you use it three times Mm -hmm. per week. It's good value. And I think it's good value too. Mm -hmm. And if you can't do what you're doing in the gym at home, it is a good value. Yeah. And it's you're investing in yourself, which is the best investment you can make. Wonderful. And self-care, I believe. Mm -hmm. Me too. Okay. Number two, expensive area rug for your living room. No. 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 Rugs never. Come on. We've got pets. We've got kids. You don't want to be the person who, when someone spills, you like have a panic attack. Exactly. Exactly. Because Mm -hmm. listen, I raised two boys. They, They both had a dog. We've had dogs... For 50 years. Yeah, dogs are the best, but they're also disgusting. They're disgusting (laughs) on a rug. Yeah. Expensive area rug for, no, that's a, boo, thumbs down. Okay, number three, a $200 white t-shirt that goes with everything. I mean, again, I have to know your full uh, financial status, but I believe in splurging on things that you can rewear. Like I was actually talking about today on Mrs. Dow Jones, how like, I go to a lot of weddings. I'm 30. And like, I don't really believe in buying uh, like really crazy wedding dresses. I'll buy secondhand vintage. I'll borrow. 
because, but I'll always buy nice shoes. Be- I love shoes. Yes, because I'm you can, a shoe freak. You can rewear shoes. Yes, you like, can. And that's the best, but like a dress. A great or pair of shoes makes the entire outfit. Makes the whole outfit. And a you $200 can, white t shirt. Yeah, you can make it, it makes the whole outfit and you could put it with jeans. You could wear it with a skirt. You could wear it to work. You know, I think, um, and I, yeah, I, I, I'm all for it. I'm all for that as well. Because also, if it's a $200 white t shirt, it's going to last. So much, so longer. much longer, and you'll love it's wearing not stretch it. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna last so much longer, and it does go with everything. And you're right, a white t shirt, a pair of jeans, and awesome shoes makes a great outfit. That's your whole outfit in a blazer. Yes. Come on, that's and the cutest outfit in the whole world. I love it. I love it. Oh, we should be best friends. We are best friends. Okay. <laughs> we are okay. The next one four dollars on Starbucks coffee five times per week. Well, you know the way I read that, my answer. I know. Well, you also, I feel like, know Sue Zorman, who's like the most like, do not, millennials are buying avocado toast and, and lattes, and that's why they can't afford homes. Yes. Um, yes. I, which I get, but I here's the thing. You can afford anything. You cannot afford everything. So if this is your Mecca, this is your soul time, this is your, you know, you take that cup of coffee and you conquer your day and this is like the yeah. best thing then come on I'm not going to tell you not to get that yeah four dollars but like if you're me and I, I never have finished a nice coffee in my whole life it's well documented I'll have three sips like I, I'm not a coffee drinker I haven't I wake up with so much energy it's yeah. like would be the worst thing so you know would yeah. it make sense for me but I think uh for many people it totally does and if it makes you feel like you're living your rich life then go for it if you can afford it well when you just said what you said about it I I completely agree with that. If that's going to be your, if that's going to make you just have a mm-hmm. super day and just, you're just going to work your tail off all day mm-hmm. because you got to go into Starbucks and spend $4. I understand that, mm-hmm. but I'm going to have to tell you something. There's just, I drink coffee every day. I have coffee every morning, but paying for coffee. You can't do. I can't do it. You can't do it. A lot of people to, are like this. I have to buy a bag or a can of coffee mm-hmm. and make my own mm-hmm. stretch it I just cannot pay for but coffee. that's Robin that is a that is your value-based spending you <sighs> don't care about but you will buy something else so yeah. really they say have three value three categories so like I think we both agree one of our categories is shoes yeah or yeah. clothes yeah. I'm for me definitely self-care yeah um and then you know maybe travel or maybe it's uh you know I don't know like whatever your dog or whatever it is but it's you have to know what's worth it for you and what's not worth it. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, so the next one. A $100 tube of mascara. Oh, man, no. Come no, on, guys. No, I can't do that either. Well, that's like drugstore mascara is amazing. Yes. You're playing yourself. And mascara dries out. And like, wouldn't you... Ra- mascara is like a repeating... Per- it's like you're buying a subscription, you basically. You clean it off every night. Every it's going night. down the drain. And you, a new tube is one of life's great pleasures. So like, yes. why would I deprive myself that by having like one tube that I'm like, oh my God. Like, yes. Uh, and I, no. I wish they'd do a, a study to see how long that $100 tube lasts as opposed to the drugstore yeah. Maybe great lash. No, it's the best. It's great. It is the best. That's great. Okay, next one. Pricey tickets to see your favorite band in concert. Yes, always spend on experiences. Yes. But again, yes. all of this is like, you have to realize a personal. Yes, and also you... You may have saved up for a long time. Exactly. Put money that's aside. that's a treat for mm-hmm. yourself because mm-hmm. you feel like you've ever so. 100%. I'm all about those pricey tickets because my son is a musician. Oh, my God. Cool. Yes. And that's also is what makes life worth living. Yes. Yes. And I know how long he practiced to get to that stage. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> okay. We all have to buy tickets to Robin's son's show. It's yes. approved. Yes. Mrs. Yes. Dow Jones approved purchase. Thank you. Okay. Upgrading to the hotel room with the view. No. No. I'm not about the view. I'm not about the view. Not but, paying extra for the view. But I do. I'm I'm like six feet tall. I believe in like if the flight's over five hours, honey, I'm buying the upgrade. Yes. Like that is something I spend on. I've just, I've done the like beginning of my career, red eye in the back of coach and like between oh. two people. And it just has, it. time is our most precious commodity. Yes. So when you I can understand. travel in a way where you actually can take advantage of the next day, oof, I'm going to do it. I totally agree with you. But you know, upgrading to a hotel room with the view, I would not do that because I love 
to check in to a hotel and go down to the beautiful lobby. Oh, my, so and smart. And sit down yes, there because the watch. view in the lobby of the street and mm. their, their courtyard and yeah. everything and just have lunch and everything. I love that. I love having lunch. Because that, that's hotel the view. Is so yes, cute. I do too. Yes, do too. so cute. Okay, one facial once a month. One facial one time per month. Yes, I I don't do that, but... I'm not a facial girl, but I'm like a massage girl. Like I, I'm like all of like I have rosé. Like I need like my prescription like rosacea stuff for my skin. Yes, yeah, like yes, it's like yes. it's, I have really sensitive skin. Exactly, the most sensitive. Skin. But I do my own facial oh, on myself. You do steaming and all. I the do mess. all of that at home. Amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's hard if you have sensitive skin, but like if you're, yeah. I believe in like uh, cosmetic procedures. Yes, you know. But I don't think there's anything wrong with doing a facial once a. Once per no, month at things all. that make you feel good, yes. like make you live well. Like yes. it's like we're all about that. Yes. So sadly, that brings us to the end of our episode. No. I hate it. But before we wrap up, I have one more question. Okay. So this podcast, of course, we've said it, is all about sharing life-changing secrets. Mm -hmm. So do you have one major secret that you've learned throughout your life from mm -hmm. maybe a loved one or a friend that you can share with the listeners? Well, I feel like my number one secret is that finance is cool. Oh, I love that. You know what I mean? Like yes. everyone made it seem like it was so hard. It was so intimidating. It was like not cool, not interesting. And like, it actually is not that hard. It is totally cool. And it'll change your life in the best way possible if you take control of your money. <gasps> yeah. You've made it sound and feel so empowering we've said that so powerful so joyful mm -hmm. so and like chic and cool yes you know like that's like we like a, like if I'm a financial influencer like yeah it should be cool to be good with yes. money you know yeah that's exactly what it should be so you know and we're here for you I if you want to learn we're a good resource so now please tell the listeners where to find you and your business online I would say go to financeiscool.com because you can find all my socials. You'll find the courses. I have free money tools there, which are amazing. So you'll find like, like I have so many free resources. I'm really not here just like to hawk about it. Like I want to help you. So go there. And then I have an amazing YouTube channel with lots of free content and TikTok and Instagram, everything. But the free money tools I think are really powerful. So go there. Oh my gosh, you're going to have to come back and we're yes. going to have to have another whole podcast about investments. Yeah, we have to do. And Money everything you're creating for, oh. yes, for gifts, for when you get married, everything. We could have numerous more. We're oh going to do God. a series with you. I love that. I would love I mean, to do a series with you. I, I saw your it. series. I was like, maybe that's me. Yes. Okay. That's okay. you. That's what we're going to do. Okay. Well, you guys will be seeing me then. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm so excited. So me Secret too. Squad, as always, head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for juicy behind the scenes extras. Mm. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. So cute. So cute.